Hello and welcome into the Alpha Male Experience with Jake oh. Elmsley. I'm Jake I, Elmsley here uh, with my with my very high T count <laughs> friend here, Jordan Moment. Jordan, tell them all about your T count. Oh uh, my my T count is very high. Um, basically, you know, I'm just an entrepreneur. Uh, everything I do is 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 just designed to make passive income. And if you would like to make passive income, I have these wonderful training videos for you. Uh, you go on my website, um, sideducksigmamail.com, mm-hmm. and then you enter you enter in the code uh, not a beta cup, and you get thirty percent off my uh, seven part training course. So that's uh, you get a you get that's that's an average value of nine hundred and ninety five dollars and ninety five cents, and and you get that for around seven hundred bucks. So it's really that's a deal. Th- Hello and welcome into another week of the Stadium Experience. That's right. We are here for the second week in a row. Jake Elmsley here, Jordan Moment here alongside me. And before we get cooking here, I did want to point one thing out because we're not doing Red Sox till a bit later in the program. But I did mention last week that Jordan has moved to the greater Boston area. He switched Mm -hmm. area codes on us. And one thing that we have to know is that Jordan seems to have some form of precognitive ability when it comes to picking what Red Sox games to go to. We talked about last week. He was at the 28-3 to slacking of the Sox at the hands of the Blue Jays. And, uh, Jordan, where were you last night exactly? Uh, I, was at, I was at Fenway Park to watch the, uh, the 11th inning walk-off victory from the Atlanta Braves. So absolutely. So just again, another. And I, I'm a man who's been to a lot of baseball games in my life. I don't think I've ever been to like a baseball game I considered particularly exciting. But you're like two for two in your last two. So that is that is something. Maybe one day we'll start like a Jordan's Park picks of the, of the week. I don't know how we'd make that work, but we'll, we'll we'll monetize it somehow. We'll start making passive income off this precognition. I'll piggyback myself right onto the back of it. No problem. Going to be there for you, pal. And we can really uh, get cooking on that. But anyway, we'll talk about the... We'll, th- we'll talk about the Red Sox later. We, di- we talked about them a little last week. What we did not really talk about last week was the Patriots. But now we're about two weeks in the training camp. They just had their final open practice. I believe yesterday it was the 11th practice of training camp. And... The last two days, notwithstanding, where there have supposedly, you know, there have been some more positive signals coming out of there, some more positive reports, for the most part, and I don't know how much of this stuff you've read, Jordan, but I sent you a whole pile of it, but I would never expect you to actually read it. Don't even worry about that. We only read, <laughs> cor- we only, we only diligently read detailed court documents here on the stadium experience, but the offense has looked very rough so far in training camp this season the Patriots have been trying to install this what's been referred to as like a like a Mike Shanahan-esque kind of a spread kind of a west coast kind of deal they're basically trying to install I don't know if it's a whole new offense if they're just installing elements of a new offense but overall when the offense has been out there they have not looked good they have not looked in sync they've had a hard time opening up holes Mac Jones has been running for his life and on one hand, Jordan, 
on one hand, mm. one thing we could do, and I'm going to run this by you. Yes. I want to embrace your inner your inner positivity, your uh-huh. ability to always look at a glass and say, hey, that's half full, even when it's empty. I, I am, in fact, a lovely cup of sunshine. I want to say maybe we could look at this, and I want your opinion on this. I want your honest, honest to goodness opinion. Maybe we could mm-hmm. look at this and say maybe the Patriots just, you know, maybe they lost to J.C. Jackson. Maybe they lost to Kyle Van Noy. Maybe they haven't re-signed a Don- maybe they haven't re-signed a Dante Hightower who's just kind of still still, you know, out, out out there. Maybe after mm-hmm. all that, they just happen to have crafted one of the most dominant defenses of all time. And that's why the Patriots offense has been struggling. Not, 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 not. Not because of any factors to do with the offense itself. Not to do with the fact that it's apparently being run by the two-headed monster that is uh, former Lions architect Matt Patricia and uh, former Giants mastermind Joe Judge. I don't think those two would... They, they used to call him the mega mind of MetLife Stadium. Oh, nice. That was good, Jordan. It's even better because mega mind is blue. He is. You're right. God, that's good. Wow. DreamWorks ever goes with Megamind 2, which is kind of shocking that there hasn't been a Megamind 2, by the way. But Megamind... yeah, that, that movie that movie was ahead of its time. Yeah, Megamind is a crazy. I was about to say, I was about to say, like, Megamind is a shockingly good movie when you go back and watch it. Shockingly relevant. Shot. Oh, and like the second Megamind, they got to have the villain be like an Andrew Tate kind of guy. They got to go to, like, the opposite end of toxic masculinity for mm-hmm. the villain. Anyway, not to go too far into that. Maybe the page. Do you think that that is, that is possibly the reason, Jordan? Because I know we've had a lot of disagreements over the summer just about the Patriots and kind of the way their roster is built and all that. Do you think maybe, though, we've just been neglecting to realize that they just have crafted the greatest defense of all time? Um, you know, it's it's a possibility. Um, it's 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 probable. Probable. I mean, they, that's good. I was saying, I was saying, Matt Judon had twelve and a half, thirteen sacks last year, so that's like that's like a total. That's noticeable. That's a good amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it it maybe maybe you have him and um, Jabril Peppers and ah, um, from Big who else is who else is on that team? Oh man, oh man, you know the D. Listen, okay, we we. <laughs> Listen, what okay, what other just, studs are on that re- team? They just re-signed Devone Godshow, and then suddenly it came out like everybody around New England was saying, like, oh, well, actually, like, according to, like, the PFFs, Devon Goodshow is actually, like, the best D-tackle in the history of the world. Like, I don't really remember seeing a lot of him last year, but, like, all these analytics were coming out that he was, like, the highest-graded defensive tackle since, like, the death of Christ. Like, just absolutely just flying out left and right. But but hey, I think, Jordan, we Jesus should... of Nazareth, my favorite three tech. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So. You think, you think Jesus, Jesus might have lined up outside? Jesus might have been an edge rusher. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. But. But, uh, no, more like a free safety, I feel like. Like, really calling out the plays. Yeah, that, really that's getting true. Getting everybody uh, set up, getting everybody in line. 
a, tra- a traditional Mike linebacker in a four three. The, f- the defensive field general. Whoever was the play caller, he had like, yeah, he had like a he had like a C on his chest, absolutely. <laughs> but the C would of course be for Christ. <laughs> but. <laughs> That was great. (laughs) Thank you. I do do what I can. But anyhow, this this long-winded bit notwithstanding, I don't actually think the Patriots have crafted the greatest defense of all time. And I don't think Jordan thinks it either. So we we pulled the wool over everybody's eyes. We bamboozled you all. We apologize. But that notwithstanding, not good signs coming out of Patriots camp. For the most part, early on, it was like there was it was like the it was like Armageddon down there. Everything you were reading from the Mike Reese's of the world, again from the Alex Barth, friend of the shows of the world, but allegedly, the last few days things have evened out a bit. They started being able to open up holes. The offense has started to function a little bit better, but still, it's not. <laughs> A good sign that, well, it's not a good sign what you're seeing, and I won't get into this yet, but I want to ask you this, Jordan. If you were to just, off the top of your head, pick a, like, just kind of try and point your blame at what it mostly is, because this is something me and you have argued about a lot, because I mm-hmm. think that, and I have this backed up by facts, that the pa- the, pa- the Patriots offense was very was fine last year. They were functional. They were actually seventh in points per game, believe it or not, which I find kind of unbelievable. But they were they were functional. They had a good running game. You know, Mac Jones was good for a rookie. I mean, let's I won't I won't sit here and like act like Mac Jones was anything more than eh, an average quarterback. But for a rookie, very impressive. Now the weapons weren't ph- phenomenal, but they went out. They spent money. They brought in some dudes who were fine. This off season, just a real quickly review. This offseason, they lose both of their starting guards in Shaq Mason mm-hmm. and Ted Karras. Now they replace those guys with Cole Strange and Mikey Wawenu, who was on the team last year, was a starter, wasn't a starter, kind of in and out of the lineup, but a player who a lot of people like and I like and whatever. They Seemingly, they've solved the gu- – like they have remedied the guard situation because I personally, I have no doubt that Cole Strange – will be very, 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 very good. This team has been very good. If at, at if there is anything Belichick has been good about drafting, and we can get into Belichick's drafting in a little bit, if there's any one thing that Bill Belichick has been phenomenal at drafting like the last 10 years has been guards. I don't know why. Well, I think I know why he's really good at th- linemen. Real good at guards. So I have no doubt that Cole Str- like, like actually investing a premium pick in a guard, Cole Strange will be like the best guard on the planet or whatever. And when so the guard thing's fine. Then on top of that, they add... Devontae Parker, who is good, like is is good, and they draft Tyquan Thornton in the second round, who actually, you read some stuff, again, I was reading Mike Reese's notes from um, the Monday practice, Tyquan Thornton's been a little bit of a standout, so let's see, maybe Belichick finally hit the dart on a wide receiver in the draft, who's to say? And I think most importantly of all, they shed Nikhil Harry, so holes down the field, 
might not be opened up as much by the greatest blocking receiver who's ever lived. The, great, the greatest blocker who ever lived. Exactly. The, the, blind, the blind side should have been about Nikhil Harry, not great, Michael Orr. The greatest blocker pound for pound. Yep. Go pound for pound. I mean, what's Nikhil Harry compared to a, to a tackle? Like, or maybe like maybe like three pounds to to one pound. For at least at least like forty percent less weight on that man, right? Yeah, I'm not comparing him to Trent Brown because that's a little bit unfair. I mean that that's a big boy right there. But if I was to do it, I could I could do that, and it would uh you know it would suit my case very much. But anyway, they do all this, which is to say, while they did not you know make the moves a lot of other teams made in terms of. Like, every other team in the league adding, like, a top 10 wide receiver this season, it seems like. Somehow, like, 15 teams traded for a top 10 wide receiver. Go figure on that. For within within themselves, just in a vacuum, the Patriots offense, which last season was good. Not great. Good. Added a little bit. Got a little bit better. So, to me, to me, and this is the thing me and Jordan disagreed about. To me, that coupled with what you would assume would be a jump from Mac Jones. At least you hope there's a jump from Mac Jones because Mac Jones doesn't get any better in year two. I mean, then you sound off the alarm. Like, then you're like, oh, that's... That. Like, if he's the same player this season, that's not good. At least that's my spin on it. I personally would not say if the offense fails this year, it is a... Like, just completely fails. It's a personnel problem. I personally would attribute it to, again, the brain trust who are seemingly running the offense... The offensive masterminds, again, the previously named Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, who are splitting play calling, Matt Patricia's being the play calling. Neither of them are offensive coordinator now, Jordan. Don't you worry. Mm -hmm. Belichick makes sure that is a riddle for us to ponder. But Jordan, I mean, what, what, what do you make of this? Why, what would you... How do you look at this, and what do you say when you just hear the Patriots' offense is struggling like they've been? Um, okay, so the Patriots—they—they they did kind of surprise me. Uh, the beginning of the year, uh, September, little first bit of October, it was—it was looking kind of grim. They—they uh, they dropped the game against Miami, and in the games they did win, weren't particularly convincing. Then they picked things up; things started to go their way, and then they—they they started looking good. And then we all know what sort of happened after that first Buffalo game. Uh, things just sort of fell apart, lost to the Dolphins again. You have dropped, missed dropped out winning. three or four in the, in the month of December. Yeah, dropped three or four in the month of December. Uh, Josh Allen didn't didn't punt the, 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 two, the last two games they played against him, which is a bit frightening. So I blame that mostly on, on the utter collapse of the defense because they did in that wild card game they had the worst defensive performance in like NFL history it's, it's statistically of, of the modern era. That is not, that is not an exaggeration. That is a, that is a certified Jake and Jordan take that, and they certified factual take. Yes. First, uh, first time a team ever, I believe scored a touchdown on every possession. Yeah. So just put that out there, but yes, so go on. And then you, you, you look at everything that's going on sort of around the league and in the off season they lose both their guards, which is is going to be an issue. It won't. I don't think it'll be like a a permanent haunting thing. Like I don't think they'll like lose six games because they have two new guys filling an offensive line. I think they have a, maybe one or two rough games and they get up to speed. But you look at the 
the the weapons they have they have i mean they really did overpay their tight ends i'm you're you're you're, you're a hunter you're a hunter henry believer oh, i'm well, sort of just it's it's more a matter of i don't mean to interrupt you it's more a matter and i don't want to get too into like the 2021 offseason but it's more mm-hmm. a matter of they were the two best tight ends on the market at the time and if you want to get the best player to position on the market, you have to pay a premium. And the Patriots were in the unfortunate position of they every tight end they drafted over the last two years was not good, and they desperately needed tight ends, so they paid them. Hunter Henry, I think, is Hunter Henry. Whatever, fine. Led the league in touchdowns for a tight end. He's making a lot of money, but he's making a premium. That's why you got to pay a player in free agency. Jonu Smith making fourteen mil this year or something in those lines. Not good last year. Looked like yeah, he was Jonu a- Smith. I think it's like thirteen point two five. Also like making that. a premium. But that was a position they had to be in. Again, like, I'm not – me personally, Jordan, I'm not going to be mad at them for not spending this offseason and then turn around and go, well, last offseason, you know, they did have to pay these guys a pretty penny. That's also kind of uh, – like, the the sad reality is when you're a team who has to spend money in free agency, like, not talking about trading, not talking about signing your own guys, the dudes who make it to un- unrestricted free agency are one of two things. They are either A, mm-hmm. old – they're just old and like their team is like, you're really good. But we don't know if we want to give you like a three, four, five year deal. Ah, maybe not. Or they are like the second tier of because elite players don't hit free agency like nine times out of ten. Like truly elite, like top two, three, four guys at their positions don't hit free agency. Just talk about tight ends. Travis Kelsey doesn't hit free agency. George Kittle doesn't hit free agency. Darren Waller doesn't hit free agency. So when you get a guy who a team just lets walk and hit free agency, it's 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 a Hunter Henry. Like it's like a good not great player, like maybe has an injury issue, maybe has a this. Like he's young, but it's just, like there are warts on it. There's a reason you don't want to pay him at the top of the market. And then the Patriots swooped in and pay him at the top of the market because they're like, ah, we need tight ends. Anyway, not to get too it. I don't want, I don't want to get too into the that. Mm-hmm. But, but good for them that they're raising the market in tight ends. But <laughs> then you look at what everybody else in that division has done comparatively. Like I'll leave out the Jets because the Jets will – they they remain to be seen. Their right, uh, Beck- right tackle is out for the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Makai Makai Becton missing two years in a row. So I think I think he might be entering bus territory. But that's a conversation for another day. But you look at you look and see what what the, what the Bills have done, what the Dolphins have done, what literally every other team in the AFC has done, and it's just it just looks lackluster. And oh, then sure. you have Josh McDaniels leaving to Denver. And then you have the, the the wonder kids, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, come slinking back in from a, a shroud of failure and, and, and degradation. <laughs> and now they're just going to – you're going to have a defensive guy and a special teams guy calling the offense for your young developing quarterback, which you're you – know, A brand new offense. Brand new offense based on something that no one there has ever really done or successfully pulled off. I, I, I keep hearing Shanahan. I I think they mean more like what they're doing in San Francisco at the moment, but that's which which Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are incapable they're experts of. Doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Remember, all, uh, remember all those remember all those Lions games where like, wow, look at the look at these West Coast options. Look at look at look at this. Look at how spread out this is. They're really just letting Matt Stafford air it out. Really are really using this uh, this guy Matt Stafford to his full potential. You know, I just don't think he's capable of any better than he is, and that's what we were that's what we were saying when he was in Detroit, and we turned out to be right. Mm-hmm. And you know, we remember I, I remember seeing Daniel Jones and going like, ah oh, man, you know, Joe Judge is just really letting him letting him sling it, really uh, letting it, really utilizing him to his full potential. Anyway, 
So during the th the thing I do, I guess the thing I don't want to get into more so is I I don't even care about the rest of the league right now. Like I okay. I am talking like solely we we can get to that right. We could get to that. Mm -hmm. But I I just keep acknowledging that like in a vacuum the Patriots improved to some degree on offense in terms of their personnel, which would think which you would think would at a bare minimum equal them being the same. <laughs> you know, you have every you have every receiver besides Devontae Parker and Tyquan Thornton, who you added, coming into year two with the Patriots, which allegedly, huge thing, the Patriots have this incomprehensible offense. You got to get to year two with some guys. You know, Jonu Smith, year two, watch out. He'll stop being afraid of a football now that he's not thinking about the reads, which, like, finger, unironically, fingers crossed for that, that maybe Dude isn't afraid of the football because he looks great when he has the ball in his hand. It's just... You throw him the ball and he knocks it up like uh, like a like a like a vo volleyball player. That's my big like joke. A Nikhil, like a like a Nikhil Harry. <laughs> <laughs> like a Nikhil Harry, exactly. But he was really garbage. He was, he was he was the greatest greatest downfield blocker of all time. But you know they don't if they if they just let you position a, like a guard on like like forty yards down forty yards beyond the line of scrimmage, you might have been a, you know you might have been a weapon. But sadly, that's not an element of the game of football. But the what was I saying? Like internally is all I care about. Like whatever. Like I'm like the Patriots off offense. It's not gonna be one of the elite offenses of the NFL. That is best best case scenario. Everybody plays the best game of their life. Like like save like if Mac Jones becomes Joe Burrow, then maybe. But Joe Burrow has better weapons. Like Patrick Holmes has better weapons. Josh Allen has better weapons. They're not gonna be and, an elite and, offense. And all those guys have better offensive lines. And... Right. That's what it's like. They have they they're better offense. And, and... I mean, and, the Joe and Burrow. comparable, comparable defenses. <laughs> right, but I'm sorry, like the offense. But I mm -hmm. still think the Patriots' offense, personnel-wise, is enough to be like what they were last year, like what what they were last year. Good running game. Again, maybe or maybe Mac Jones takes a giant step because I mean that's the big X factor. But still, besides that, but then yeah, Jordan, you said it. You take two guys who have. Very little. Matt Patricia was an O line coach his first year in New England. He was like an O line assistant. So don't don't say the man doesn't have offense on his resume. But uh, my my mistake, Mister Patricia. You take that's Mister Patricia to you. But you take you take these two guys who just flamed out. You take Matt Patricia, who is like Bill Belichick's best buddy. By the way, that's the real terrifying thing about all that. If you want to just uh, you know, if you want to have a bit of a fright. Patriots fans, uh, you know, it's re it's really looking like they're setting up Matt Patricia to be the next guy. Like, ev everything you thought that, like, when Josh McDaniels, like, didn't go to the Colts, everything you read, everything you read about, like, Belichick, like, opening up his world to Josh McDaniels or whatever it was, it made you think, like, oh, are they, like, grooming him to be the next guy? It's everything you thought you'd see with him has been with Matt Patricia. Have you seen a photo of Bill Belichick in the last six months where Matt Patricia, like, where he wasn't on a boat, where Matt Patricia was not right next to him? Uh, no, I mean, I've only seen a few pictures of Bill Belichick on the boat. I mean, you you might have the boat pics more than I do. Oh, let me tell you, I got I got to keep up on those, Jordan. I'm a professional. I gotta, Jordan, keeping track of these people's boats is clearly very important. Clearly, but we should... I, ha I, ha I have seen him on the boat with Matt Patricia more than once. So, oh, I'm saying I, not yes. on a boat. You've seen him on a boat with Matt? I've never seen him on a boat with Matt Patricia. Well, I've seen him by a boat. I assume they're getting oh. on the boat. Oh, okay, because I said I mean I've seen him like off the boat, like every Senior Bowl photo, every photo of the draft prep, everything. He's right with him. So I don't know. There's there's your fright night, Patriots fans. That Matt Patricia is probably being groomed to be the next guy here. So, you know. 
God bless. Can't looking forward to the Patricia era. But you take these guys and you put them in charge of Mac Jones. You have them implement a whole new offense that neither of them have run. Like it's not like it's like they came in and they're like, hey, I got this sick Giants playbook I cooked up. And you have them implement a brand new offense, which us uh, which a uh, at least according to some people, Mac Jones is real is a little bit ticked off about because apparently this offense takes like decision-making power away from the quarterback, which is crazy to me. Because you would think that's one of the that's one of the Mac Jones' better traits. He's one of these brain quarterbacks. It's one of these one of these thinking quarterbacks, you know, one of these like makes reads kind kind of quarterbacks. You're taking that away from him in year two, which I, I, that's about how, what you want to do with a young quarterback, I think, Jordan. You slowly over time want to take responsibility away from them and take decision-making power away from them so they can really grow as a player and grow as a, a cog in the Matt Patricia, Joe Judge machine that will be the Patriots offense. But you do this, and lo and behold – it's been a mess. Now again, to be fair, I want to—I do want to continue to mention that's apparently been better the last couple days. Because if we're going to read this stuff mm-hmm. and we're going to comment on it and say, oh, they're saying it's bad, that's so bad, we also have to acknowledge the good. And I want to sit here and just say it's a, like, I just, again, I, it's not a personnel issue to me. Like, again, if it's the same personnel and they're this much worse, it's not a personnel problem. Like, something else changed. I don't think that, like, Devontae Parker is a cancer onto this team or that Tyquan Thornton, who, again, has looked pretty good, according to some people, is a cancer to this team. So, yeah, I have to blame the coaches. Now, the one thing to the contrary on that, Jordan, is that Mm -hmm. I've mentioned that I'm not worried about the guard thing at all. I'm like, they they got rid of – they lost Shaq Mason. They lost Ted Karras. I think the guys they brought into are of, like, equal quality. They've done a very good job working guys into the O-line, whatever. Not been a problem for this team, really. There have been spurts, but for the most part, like, the team's always been very good at, like, cycling guys in and out of the O-line. They brought in uh, they brought in Cole Strange, who apparently has, like, the greatest relative athletic score any, any single human being has ever had in the history of since they started tracking relative athletic score. I think they started tracking it after the stock market crash that led to the Great Depression because they realized that not tracking relative athletic score kind of allowed for unchecked spending, unchecked investing, and really just allowed for so much speculation that really just let people take advantage of other people. And You all know what happened in the Great Depression. But afterwards... Yeah, I, they, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think Herbert Hoover gets enough credit for the relative athletic score. No, I don't either, really. I mean, listen, like, he, gets, he, gets, he doesn't get... He gets a lot of the blame he should get historically, but him implementing that really has kind of stabilized the market. But anyway, the it was, it was really it was really Calvin Coolidge's fault. <laughs> cool, Coolidge really just thought you should just go by the eye test. Coolidge just really didn't believe in analytics. Really didn't believe in deeper testing. I don't. Yeah, it's a tale as old. It's an argument as old as time, really. But you do that, it's fine. The thing to the contrary, Jordan. One thing that's kind of been consistent through all of camp has been that. When they've been playing in one, one-on-one situations, when they've been running the seven-on-sevens, everything's looked pretty good. Like, relatively, like, everything I've read has been like, seven-on-sevens look pretty good. 1v1s looked pretty good. It's been when they put when they go to 11-on-11s, things have been messy. Mac Jones has been running for his life. Yada, 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 all the bad things. Now, Jordan, Jordan Moment is a, is a former, is, has, has, has worn a jockstrap in his day. 
mm-hmm. he stepped foot onto a football field a time or two mm-hmm. for the for the great classical high school purple, the best named uh, high school team in Port in Rhode Island. Honestly, I have I have I have no shame admitting that. No, no, absolutely no issue saying that. But the just for the, for the audience, Jordan, what what is added to the football field? When you go from a seven-on-seven seven situation, a seven-on-seven seven drill, a seven-on-seven seven walkthrough, whatever, however you refer to it, to a full eleven-on-eleven, 11, what what changes? Like, what players do you add to the offense? Because I assume you're adding a few receivers. You know, maybe that's when you throw the tight ends in there. Like, what? But maybe I'm wrong. What are you adding when you go to the eleven-on-eleven? 11? Um. So basically, when you're in a seven-on-seven, seven, it's mostly just like the skill position. So. Mm-hmm. You might have like maybe a center to obviously snap the ball. You might have a couple of linemen to like run through blocking schemes if you like maybe like practice pulling and something like that. So you're saying that the thing that's added But it's mostly just like linebackers, defensive backs, wide receiver, tight end and there. Right. So you're saying that what you're adding is you're adding in the offensive line when you go to eleven on elevens and suspiciously <laughs> just mm-hmm. suspiciously it's a it's a riddle, really. When they're adding the offensive line, the team starts to struggle a little bit, which could potentially mean that you, me, and the ravenous, unfair, reactionary cabal that is the New England sports media, fan base, commentariers, whatever we are, Maybe being a little bit unfair to Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Uh, it is just like, I, I want it to just be one thing. I really want to just say it's just them because that's the most fixable thing, honestly. Maybe not now. But I also, I don't want it to, I don't want it to turn out that I'm wrong about the personnel on the offensive line. Because right now, I came in not having any problem with the O-line. I'm like, the O-line's fine, whatever. But... They flip the tackles. They flip Trent Brown to the left side and throw Isaiah Wood to the right, which is fine. But whatever, whatever, fine. God bless Trent Brown was good here when he played left tackle. But they do that. They bring the two new guards, and I, I don't know. Like I'm just, I'm just like trying to just uh, do my PEMDAS here mm-hmm. in terms of breaking this down. But so you know, my order of operations is offense looks good without O line. Mm-hmm. Add line doesn't mm-hmm. look good. I which it might not just be the O line being bad. I don't want to just say it's just a personnel problem on the O line. It could just be that the that the offense haven't melded yet. It's not cohesive. The whole thing just isn't working yet. Which might be like completely separate just from the talent level on the O line. But if that's not working, <laughs> they could be in real trouble. Because I mean this this team like has to lean on the running. Like again, unless Mac Jones becomes Joe Burrow this year, which could happen. Who knows? You know, it could happen. You never know. Could take a nice big old, big old leap. He looks shredded, by the way. I sent you some photos of that. If you guys haven't seen, I uh, haven't ogled at a photo of Mac Jones's body yet. Uh, he is no not doughy anymore. Forget your shirtless uh, cigar pics from the national championship. This this man is uh, this man is shredded. He is cut. He is a lean, lean, running away from Von Miller machine. Let me tell you, but. Yeah, I don't, you know, it's not, nothing kills a team quicker than a bad O-line, though. And nothing kills a team that 
rely that's trying to lean on their running game to function in their offense. Worse than a bad O line. And all these concerns about the offense are so tough. Because coming into camp, coming out of the offseason, my biggest concern was this team's defense. Because how couldn't it be with the way the season ended last year where they went really like the last four weeks where for the second time in three years, by the way, because they did the same thing in the last Tom Brady year, they went from having like the best defense in the league through week 12 to absolutely imploding for, again, I, I don't know why. I couldn't tell you why. They've just done it. But again, like now here we are. Talking about the Patriots' offense not looking good, and I, except for the last couple of days, last two days, look pretty good. Keep acknowledging that. Got to be fair. Got to be fair in case anybody's out there. By the way, we record this on Wednesday. I don't even, know if I've mentioned this. We're recording this on the 10th. Going to be posted on Thursday the 11th. So I've been trying to mention days consistently, but if you've been confused, that's why. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Jordan, what do you make of this? Like, what like what? Like, what do you make of this? Like, again, this is all I have right now. Like, it's just like, unless they're going to just, I mean, we're going to watch a preseason game. Mac Jones is looking like he's going to play. They've already started, like, scrapping parts of this new offense. Like, I don't know, they just need to rip it up and just go back to the last year's offense entirely and just say, ah, bad, bad call, bad move. Like, I, what do you think, Jordan? Um. So I heard a theory that Bill Belichick is doing this whole offensive coordinator thing by committees because he's tired of his assistants and coordinators being poached by other teams. And which, which is, I, I understand why he's doing that because at his, at his, at his, yeah, let me talk at his age, it might get a little bit frustrating to have like, okay, I want to retire and I might hand the reins off to this guy and hope he's gone. So I, I understand that part, but he, he's trying to, yeah, he's he's outsmarting himself. Yeah, which is which has worked great, by the way, because ever since he did that on the defensive side, uh, Brian Flores got hired away as a head coach when he was just like defensive assistant, but the best one. And then Gerard Mayo got like what like three interviews last year, this mm-hmm. offseason. So it's it's working great. You know the 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 zero coordinator uh, draft strategy is really working for Belichick. So yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. You know I'm not <laughs> I'm not optimistic. You know, Jordan, because of all things I said, I'm like, even if, like, this team underwhelms, even if, like, they don't make the playoffs this year, they take a little bit of a step back record-wise, because the AFC has gotten much better, and the Patriots have not gotten much better. They def- Like, the other teams definitely, at least on paper, have improved a lot, which you, you never know. Sometimes teams improve on paper. They don't do anything. It happens every year. But, you know, if every if most of these teams on paper, the Broncos, the, the, the Dolphins, who I don't really still believe in, but all these, like, the Raiders... Yeah. They'll still beat them twice. The Chargers, all that. If they, if all these teams, eventually somebody's got to get left in the dust. And, you know, could very well be the Patriots. Could very easily be the Patriots. But I thought, well, you know, as long as you know, even if that happens, like they lose a couple less games, they lose a couple, they win a couple less games. Yeah, you know, as long as Mac comes out and you get the development out of Mac Jones, that I mean, that's the biggest thing. And even if the defense is terrible, that's not gonna impact that all that much which again i thought the defense would be the thing that would kill them because they lost a lot of players they haven't really replaced anything they haven't added anything to that front seven that got ripped apart besides maybe jabril peppers but who knows i i have some theories about like guys they've drafted the last couple years maybe it's their year maybe it's like the ronnie perkins josh uche whatever year but i'm not confident in that i just think that might be the plan but that's completely irrelevant now i thought mac jones develops you know it it's fine like that's that's your long-term thing you hate to burn a year of the rookie contract but maybe that's the thing but <laughs> if Mac Jones is running for his life out there, the offense is dysfunctional, and he's getting play calls from 
from Joe, Joe Judge and or Matt Patricia. Yeah, I was trying to think of a funny thing to call them, but I couldn't think of anything. If you're getting that, ah, you know what? Maybe that hurts the Mac Jones development a little bit, and now you're just winning seven games, and your quarterback is developing bad habits, and now you're in a and now you're in a hole, in an even deeper hole than you were before. So, not a deal. And by the way, this comes from somebody who wanted Joe Judge to come back to coach the special teams. I was like, punt unit, a little bit sussy last year, some problems, weird about a miscues. Bring back Joe Judge. Have him fix that. They rehired him. I'm like, oh, perfect. He's getting to the special team. Nope. He's like the vice offensive coordinator. So my mistake, I gave Belichick leeway. I'm like, yeah, he always brings back his, he just loves to bring back everybody now or hire all of his friends. That's all he does now. But, you know, uh, Joe Judge, he can play, play, can fulfill a role that they need fulfilled here. But nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Josh McDaniels got out of town at the right time. I'll give him that. And then if you want to just, look at the scheme they're shifting to like you said they they should rely more on the running game to not force Mac Jones to throw the ball 50 times a game and they're moving away from a sort of vertical run zone blocking scheme towards like this west coast air raid scheme and it's it's just sort of detrimental to the football they should be playing if they want to be the most competitive not leaning on Mac Jones's strengths of being like good at recognizing like making all his reads making all his changes great at that stuff Taking that away from him. So so Matt Patricia can <laughs> read the defense and make the play calls. Because no one would not let Matt Patricia do it. You don't want to hold back his genius. Maybe, maybe they told Mac Jones that he's, he needs to go study for four hours, and he said no. So that's why they're <laughs> taking play playmaking decisions away from him. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's good. This is good. The, the Patriots are heading in a very positive direction, I, I, I got to tell you. So we... You know, preseason game run, sadly, they're not playing. I think they should have them go play. If they've been this dysfunctional, let them get out there and get some reps in. But I know nobody likes the preseason. Preseason's useless. What are they going to learn from it? But, so. You don't you don't want to see Brian Hoyer or uh, ba- what's, the, what's the guy they the drafted Zap in Man? the seventh? Bailey Zap, Zap, Zapper? Yeah, yeah, Zap. Yeah, no, love him. Love the Zap Man. Let me tell you, look good. Look good, apparently. Yeah, good, good. Oh, is there, is there a QB controversy? Yeah, maybe between him and Hoyer, you know? Maybe it's finally Hoyer's time to become, like, the third offensive coordinator. Like, the second mate of the offense, you know? How old is Ryan Hoyer? Like, uh, 30, like 35? Yeah, 30, no, like no. He, he, for all intents and purposes, should be a coach. But you don't make as much money being, like, the third offense. The vice, the vice offensive coordinator doesn't pay. 36. We'll be 37 in October. Career journeyman. I, I, journeys keeps journeying right back here. But yeah, somehow <laughs> journey back to one spot, but yeah, God, oh, not, not good so far. Not a, not, not, not comforting things coming out of, uh, coming out of Patriots training camp so far. So that's, that's all on that. So let's, let's move on to something funnier. Let's, let's move on to a fun thing, Jordan. You want, you want to do a little fun thing as like a treat to ourselves? Yeah, we can do some fun. Have some fun. I think we have a little bit of fun here. Bosses aren't breathing down our necks. But so the Kevin Durant situation, just a gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? It most certainly is. So I, I just wanted to come here and I'm going to do it anyway. I'm saying it like I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. I wanted to come here and I wanted and what I was planning to a few days ago. And I was thinking about what to talk about on the podcast, on the stadium experience. We were, that's the name of the podcast. We forgot, by the way, but we're on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Maybe we're going to get a YouTube soon. Me and Jordan were talking about that. Maybe filming these, doing that. 
doing that whole kind of little deal. You know, we we both just have such good uh good backgrounds behind us. It just it'd be a shame if people couldn't see us. But I want to talk about just I want to just do a quick overview of the Kevin Durant situation, just kind of like how it really seems like for most of the teams that want to be in on Durant, it is very difficult when you start looking at the way these other teams' payrolls work out. When you look at really the biggest thing that's holding back a lot of these trades is actually the designated rookie extension, which is a contract you can give to a player that you drafted, which is just like a special kind of contract. You give them more money than other teams can. You give them a fifth year. It's a thing. But the thing about a designated rookie extension is that you can sign two players on your own team to the designated rookie extension. Like you can, if you have two guys you drafted, you can sign them both. Like the Celtics could sign both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to one if they wanted. I don't know if they're still eligible for it, but you get the point. Two guys you drafted. But you can only have one guy you traded for on that contract because it's another one of these rules that's made with allegedly the intent of letting teams sign their own players and keep the players they draft to hopefully keep them around. Now, the thing is, when you look at a lot of the teams that would maybe be in on a Kevin Durant, the, you know, the Nuggets, the Timberwolves potentially, the Heat, the Suns obviously have been one of the fr- have been the ones he said he wanted. You know, a lot of these teams they have mo- they have players on this Jamal Murray, Michael Porter both, Carl Anthony Towns is, Devin Booker is, uh Bam Adebayo is. I believe Zion Williamson did not get signed to one. He did not. He did not. But these teams they have it, which you'd say, well, you can add one. You can add one of them, so it's fine. They can still trade for Durant, but they can't because the Nets, fortunately for them, or not, have Ben Simmons on their team, who was signed by the Sixers on the designated rookie max extension. Are you keeping up so far, Jordan? I am, in fact, keeping up. Basketball is an exciting sport. So because of that, any a lot of these Kevin Durant trades, because, again, if he goes to the Nuggets, they have to move Porter and Jamal. You would think if he goes to the Heat, they'd be moving Bam. But allegedly, the Heat don't want to give up Bam. They're giving them a Tyler Hero-centered trade package and nothing else. The, the you know, the Nuggets, would, the Timberwolves would assumably involve Towns at this point. Like, unless you want to have, like, Towns, Gobert, and Durant all out there at once, which is which is a lot of tall. A lot of, lot of vertical uh, length there. But, he's in involvement. But a lot of these teams become weird because then it, they all basically have to involve the net somehow routing Ben Simmons somewhere and either probably giving a team something to take Ben Simmons at this point because his value is at, I would say, an all-time low. Say, like, I think the only way Ben Simmons' value could go lower at this point is if he got, like, hit by a bus and, like, lost a leg or something, but maybe not. Maybe it wouldn't, but that is the situation with Durant. So a lot of these trades are very difficult, which has kind of led – you especially, Jordan, and me to a certain extent, to just kind of figure, like, I don't think it's going to happen. Like, it just keeps getting, like, I don't think it's going to happen because, like, there are teams that can still make them. There are teams that still can very easily. The Suns are basically out of it entirely, by the way, because the DeAndre Ayton getting re-signed, uh, getting signed to an offer sheet by the Pacers and the Suns matching it basically takes them out of it entirely, at least until, I believe, January-ish is when the Suns can trade DeAndre Ayton again, but assume because like Ayton's just gonna be a part of the trade. Like there's just there's no world where they trade Durant to the Suns and it's just not centered around Ayton. 
but that would not be until deep into the season now, if it was to be a Suns thing. So they're off the table, and that kind of leaves the Raptors, who I think are a dark horse Durant contender. Maybe they're not even a dark horse. They've kind of been out there. But like, if, I think if the Raptors offered up Scardy Barnes and stuff, they'd probably get him immediately, but they haven't been willing to do that yet. And why would they be? Because clearly teams could barely trade for Durant. The Celtics, who we will talk about, they, again, there's been a lot of scuttlebutt around them about that, but they could do it because, they, because again, Jalen Brown is not on this designated rookie extension. But beyond them, like, you know, it just, again, when you try and find the team that can do it, the Warriors can do it, but actually they'd have to figure out a Wiggins thing because Wiggins is also on this, but that's not nearly as hard. And then you just go down more. The Pelicans, I think, are a team, but I don't think they should do it, but I wouldn't despise if they did. And then other than that, it's like the, the fun one would be the Thunder doing it, by the way. The Thunder doing it would be very fun. Them rolling it back to bring KD back home. But whatever, they probably won't do that, and they probably shouldn't do that. But it just gets really difficult. But <laughs> lucky for us, Durant is not one to take this lying down, Jordan. Not at all. So the other day, Durant went to the owner of the Nets, Joe Sy, went to Joe Sy, and just basically said, "It's I don't like the direction the front office is taking us in. I don't like the, the direction of this team. I need you to get rid of the GM, Sean Marks, and get rid of Steve Nash, which... I think it's very fair. Durant's really been taken for a ride by the Nets organization. They've really just at every turn refused to make moves I think Kevin Durant would have approved of. Like, they went out and signed Kyrie Irving, probably without his permission. They went out and got DeAndre Jordan, started him mm -hmm. over Jared Allen. I mean, who, what, 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 a Sean Marks, like, best buddies with DeAndre Jordan or something? I mean, they traded all their assets and young assets for James Harden, and then turned around again and got rid of him you know oh my god remember when they came in and durant just just couldn't stop talking about how much he liked kenny atkinson but then they got rid of him for steve nash like just all these things that they did that kevin durant was against how could you how can you blame him for having mistrust in the organization jordan i mean again have you have they really seen like the nets have really um really even let durant had a seat at the table i i haven't seen a person with more grievances against an organization ever really it, it's kind of it's kind of appalling <laughs> everything that kevin durant wanted everything that he sort of because because you know you know how you know kevin durant you know he's a he's a hometown hero local icon in the streets of brooklyn oh and, you no know, all was the that, murals are coming down that's the thing I exactly was you know he was there in, in New Jersey when they were the New Jersey Nets before they moved to Barclays. So he, he, he really established himself as a pillar of the community in Brooklyn. Uh, never never wanted to go anywhere else, never went anywhere else, sort of. He, he's, he's like, he's Damian Lillard-esque, yeah, his yeah, commitment yeah. to the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, absolutely. So when, when I heard the news that he wanted, you know, Sean Marks and Steve Nash fired, I said, you know, it, it's, it's, it's great. That we see these these homegrown <laughs> guys really take a stand for what they believe in the team they've invested so much of their lives in, you know, because because this is more than a game to them, you know, it's oh, about community, like it's, it's just, about family, it's about legacy ooh, and nice. tradition. Like no, I mean it's like it's like I've always said that Kevin Durant is basketball Dom Toretto. That's something I've always said. 
But yeah, no, yeah. it's uh, you know, to, to drop the facade. It's absolutely <laughs> like what is like what's his grievance? He's like, hey, Joe Sai, get rid of the GM who does everything I want. Bring in a new GM to do everything that I want. I'm livid. <laughs> yeah, Kevin. Kevin Durant, you, he's 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 gone off the rails. You signed he, he all re- of my friends that I. T- oh, by the way, the Kevin Durant stands. Kevin Durant's burners will tell you. I was, I'll be on Twitter if you point this out. I'm like, well, no, he didn't tell them to hire Steve Nash. This is a take I've seen like more than I'd like to. They didn't tell them to hire Steve Nash exactly. Steve Nash's friends with Sean Marks. They he, that's that's a casual take. I'm like, yeah, maybe they didn't handpick Steve Nash, but they did go. We don't. We don't want this Kenny Atkinson guy. Because obviously the Nets had no reason to be like, "Oh, we got this coach. He's good. He coached up our young guys. He got us to the playoffs." I would assume the Nets are perfectly happy with Kenny Atkinson, but you know, Durant and Kyrie came in. They said they don't like him. So me or any other logical person would probably go, "Okay, they don't want like a coach, coach. You know, a, a coach who makes decisions and tells you things to do." Really, really, kind of has some tactics. Maybe write some plays for it. They, they don't want that. So what do you do? You go get a you go get you go get a caretaker coach because the NBA is full. That you go get a you go get a caretaker coach and they pick Steve Nash. Like maybe you didn't hand pick him, but you sure told him what archetype of coach you wanted. But whatever. That you you're right. The Nets have never given Kevin Durant anything, and he has every right to be pissed. Like it's, it's, it's the dudes the dudes insane. The dude Kevin Durant doesn't live in reality. Which God bless him, honestly. I, I wish I could live in the headspace that Kevin Durant lives in where he can never do any wrong and can never understand anything. And then Jordan, following mm-hmm. this, I don't want to be here praising billionaires, but Joe Sai came off, came out two days ago, came out basically the day this happened or the day after this news came out, and just said, this is his exact quote on Twitter, our front office and coaching staff have my support. We will make decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. Which, like, I, I can't blame the guy. Like, obviously, your first instinct is, like, well, if it's a coach and GM or Durant, like, you pick Kevin Durant. Like, how do you not, like, players win in the sport of basketball? But also, like, I can't can't blame the dude. Like, clearly, you can't, you can't make this guy happy. And, like, this, and like Durant's in for, like, a rude awakening when, like, whatever team he trades for also doesn't let him just dictate every last, like, iota moves they make. Well, like he goes to another team, and they're like, "Ah, oh, you're on a four-year deal, Kevin. Uh, you you can't just demand another trade. We're, we're just kind of gonna figure out the team and the coaching and the front office, and you're gonna kind of go out there and you know play basketball. And we're gonna we're gonna run the organization. It'll be great. We have a whole we have we have this bold new setup here at whatever team Durant goes to. But oh my God, like it's it's so funny. Like he had the meeting, he was like, "No, no, no, guys, 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 I we're not no." We're not doing, no. So anyway, so that's what's going on in Kevin Durant. And he's probably still going to wind up having to stay there. It's going to be very funny. But, like, I I believe Joe Sy when he says that. Like, I can't see any reason why he would tweet that out if he was, like, considering, like, taking up Durant's, like, ultimatum, you know? Like, if you're not going to do, like, if you're going to do it, if, like, you're, you're thinking about it, you don't, you don't, you just don't say anything. And then everybody's on the edge of their seat, but it's whatever. Like, that's the nature of it. But, yeah, Joe, Joe Sai just was like, no, no, Kevin. No, no, Kevin. We're, we're just going to, no. We're, we're not going to do that, buddy. We're, we're sorry. 
Yeah, it's like it's like I like I told you the the NBA is is simply class warfare. <laughs> the game of basket the game of basketball is secondary. It's really it's really just the players versus the owners. The the basketball is just the facade. Oh, it's this it's this Kevin, is what it's really about. It's Kevin Durant versus every level of management in the Brooklyn Nets. This this is this is between those who own the means of production and those who produce. <laughs> this is it right here. That's, you that's... you want to you want your crass course Durant, and, Durant's and, not and, and Marxist social and social revol- <laughs> revolt. The NBA is it, oh, dude. God, there's no, like there's like do. eleven dudes that dictate this this multi hundred billion dollar <laughs> industry. Uh, Kevin Durant's trying funny. to dictate it. They're not letting Kevin Durant dictate it. I mean, that's kind of the funniest part. Like, they're... yeah, but it's like, and also it's, it's, it's like, what is what is Kevin Durant going to do if they don't train? Is is he going to sit out for the rest of his career because he's like what thirty three, thirty four? Oh yeah, he can't lose. A, he's like thirty five. He can't. He can't afford to be losing <laughs> years of his prime. Like, of course he can't. Like. And I think he sees the writing on the wall like we do. And it's like, okay, like when you really start trying to look at Kevin Durant trade destinations, it gets kind of funky. Like the more you start looking at him in depth, like it's kind of, and mean, also the Nets are asking for like an arm and a leg. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. That, that boss, that Boston deal is, is we'll talk unironically. About okay. We'll, we're coming. We'll get to that. But, but like the Kevin Net- Durant's playing with fire because they can just ship him off to the Kings for a second round pick and just go about their way. <laughs> But it's not, like, there's nothing preventing them to do that. But it's like he's just, he's looking at this and they're like, and he's like, oh, maybe maybe I can't get trade. Like, oh, sons are off the table. Ooh, maybe I can make it work here. Which again, I think being in Brooklyn is probably Durant's like best bet at this point. Like, I think the Nets, like if they tried, to probably field as good a team as anywhere he'd be going. Like, assuming you know Kyrie Irving plays, which is a big if, and Ben Simmons plays, which is a big if, and everything else works. Like, fine, whatever. Like, it's it's comparable and like you're you you don't look as bad like you didn't run again <laughs> like you didn't run from the team that you yourself built effectively like but he's like oh well, maybe maybe i'll just go like issue an ultimatum and it did work and i, I clearly it did work which is which which is you know what like i can i, I don't want to root for the billionaire owners but you know maybe maybe you know, in this scenario, it's 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 okay to see see Durant, uh, you know, Durant, kind of kind of told to calm down a little bit. <laughs> kind of told uh, told that he's got to wait for them to figure things out because it's just oh my god. And again, the net the Nets are not helping this along. The Nets, the Nets are maybe dragging this out, which I don't blame them for. They should try and maximize the asset if they get anything out of this Kevin Durant situation. They they deserve all the trade compensation in the world, right? But they have been asking for a lot like from this article from this quote via adam himmenbach him himmenbach himmenbach he's from the globe i never know how to pronounce his name he's a globe writer according to one of his sources the the nets who have reportedly been engaged with the celtics initially Mm -hmm. were asking for both tatum and brown which uh i think is a little bit too much I don't know about you, Jordan. I don't know how you're valuing Kevin Durant. I think that's a a, a skosh. You know, maybe you gotta like throw the Celtics like a like a late like an early second or something or like some cash considerations at least to grease those wheels. But like, they're clearly like the ne- <laughs> that's a lot, Jordan. And, a little bit. And it's been out there that the Celtics allegedly offered Jalen Brown, although allegedly, according to Steve Bullpet, there's actually some. 
rumors out there that the Nets, that the Celtics actually never offered Jalen Brown and the Nets just put that out there to maybe incense Jalen Brown, maybe make him want to trade because the Celtics have offered. Because like, at a certain point, I couldn't blame Jalen Brown. Maybe got a little bit annoyed about being in trade rumors because Jalen Brown has been in trade rumors. His 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 entire his entire since he got drafted since before he got drafted that pick was in trade rumors, but Jalen Brown has been in Jimmy Butler trade rumors, Kawhi Leonard trade rumors, J- you know James Harden trade rumors, which makes sense because he's their best tradable asset because you're not trading Tatum ever. So the next thing, the thing you might trade would be Jalen Brown to bring in like a guy who's better than Jalen Brown. But anyway, doesn't matter. You probably wouldn't like it if every six months your job is like, oh man, you see tweets where it's like, oh your job might send you somewhere else maybe not oh they did it oh maybe they will oh it might grade on you after a while but allegedly and now the net and that the nets were also like asking for because allegedly the celtics offer was jalen brown Derek white and a pick which makes sense seems relatively fair that's a deal i would consider making from the celtics perspective like assuming a few facts that's the deal i'd consider making and the Nets apparently want, like, Smart, they want Jalen Brown, they want a bunch more picks, which maybe is also fair value, but for the Celtics, I don't know. I, I, I'm okay. <laughs> I, I'm okay once you get to that point, because the conversation I've been having, right, is that the scenario where I'm willing to trade Jalen Brown is the scenario where everything's as bad as it could possibly be. Jalen Brown doesn't love it here. Jalen Brown doesn't necessarily want to be here. Maybe that doesn't even have to necessarily do with Boston. Maybe it's just a he wants his own team thing. Uh, he's done being in trade rumors things. Whatever it is. If it's a scenario where you think in two years when Jalen Brown's contract is over, like you don't have a great chance of re-signing him, then I'm open to it. Then, I, then I'm open because if it's a matter of like two years of Jalen Brown versus, well, you have Durant on a four-year contract, but say he has two years of his prime left. Say it's two years of prime Durant. If that's the conversation, yeah, I mean you gotta, I mean you gotta consider that, right? Like Jalen Brown's a great player, all star, love him, but you like he's not Kevin Durant, like he's not at the same, he's not at the same echelon as Durant. But like if it's a scenario where, like you think Jalen Brown's gonna stay, and I'll get into kind of why I think that's more and more the case, the more I've looked into it. If you think Jalen Brown's gonna stay, I mean like, I don't know, like in. Like, if it's, like, a matter of, like, eight years of Jalen Brown versus two years of Durant, like, I think I'm sticking with Jalen Brown, especially if, like, got the rest of the team. And, I mean, do you feel like differently about that, Jordan, or is that, like, is that a fair assessment? Or do you even think I'm crazy on the two years two years versus two thing? I mean, if it is true that the Celtics did offer the Nets Brown and Smart and Devin White and whatever well, no, unrestricted... The, the, well, again, the, the report is that the Celtics offered... Jalen Brown, like Derek White for salary filler, which is which is whatever, because you know Brogdon mm-hmm. just takes all his minutes anyway, and then a first, like that's what the Celtics allegedly offered, but maybe not. Maybe the Nets just put that out there to get, and the Nets are asking for Smart and like a bunch more picks. Yeah, if if, if Joe Sy and Sean Marks are working their 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 magic, the magic they used to oppress Kevin Durant, a a the the the, the Brook the champ of Brooklyn, next to Jay Z, Mister Mister Brooklyn, Mister Brooklyn. Not not Jay-Z, not Biggie, not the plethora of, of other talents that have arisen from that borough of New York City. Um, I mean, I, I agree with you 
Um, as good of, of a player, I think Kevin Durant is, and Kevin Durant is a tremendous player, and he will probably continue to do so. I don't know if he'll last as long as LeBron, but he'll be close to lasting as long as LeBron. Oh, I mean, will. he's at least got a couple of years left. Like, that's yeah, undoubtedly. I, I think, yeah, he got at least two or three years left in the tank, but it's just at, at what point are you going to because because you look at what the Nets were. I don't know if you remember the Angelo Russell Nets, but that team was so exciting. That team was I fun. loved that. That was a fun. That, I loved that team. I was, I you know what I I was pretty into it at the time. I I agree with you. And yeah, is it bad? I don't want to. I just don't want to sign up for the Kevin Durant thing at this point. Like it's just like it's the NBA. You have to accept this kind of thing if you want like great players. But oh my god, there's, I just the Kevin Durant thing seems exhausting. Oh my god! You you you, you can't keep carving out your your core players, <laughs> uh, teams that are genuinely exciting and have personality. I think like you you, you can't you can't keep doing this. And especially it's, like. It, like that that Nets team for all, all we love them like they hit like their ceiling was kind of a first round exit. Yeah, the Celtics were just in the finals. Like, yeah, and I and also I, the, the 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 Celtics straight up don't need them. Yeah, and I appreciate and I genuinely like am glad that they're at least exploring this because it you shouldn't rest on your like that's how you don't make it back is by mm-hmm. like resting on your laurels and not looking for ways to improve. So I at least like I have no problem with them at least exploring it, but. Again, it's like if you think if like you're really if you're pretty positive you're gonna be able to re-sign Jalen Brown, I don't think I do it. And I l- was looking into it more yesterday. The more I've looked at it, like the more like like that is honestly more and more likely. If anything, because if Jalen Brown makes an All NBA team or like wins some kind of awards, like the Boston will be the only place that Jalen Brown can sign like a big big like supermax deal with. And mm-hmm. then that scenario, like no nobody passes up the money, right? Like nobody passes up the big big check. Yeah. It's like with that, I mean, as bad as that might get, if like him and Tatum both end up on big, big deals. But even then, like, that's even more likely you're going to be able to re-sign the guy. Like, ah, yeah, I like after I read that, I was like, all right, I think there's almost no chance that Brown's out of here in two years. Like now, I just I, th- thanks Nets, but I don't, I don't think this is the move. I, I just, you you want to take on Al Horford's money? In a couple picks, maybe we can talk. But yeah, I don't. I'm not like I just you know I I'm down. The Celtics have improved. They have definitely they've improved immensely this offseason. Their offseason has been fantastic. I think at least being able to bring in Brogdon and Gallinari for like next to nothing besides like a late what'll be a late first and like the the brilliance and potential of Aaron Neesmith. But. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> this Durant thing seems exhausting. Like, I know I say that, like, Durant's in for a rude awakening when he goes, like, his next team, and just inevitably they just don't let him run the entire team. But also, what's what's stopping him from trying? And I don't want to put up with that. I just, I, I'm okay. I'm yeah, okay. I'm okay. It's really, it's really tiring. It's it's funny it's, for it's, us, but imagine being It's, it's funny, but it's, 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 not, it's not fun to watch. Oh, I just that, agree. That, I think it's that's awesome. sort of that's sort of I mean from like a, I mean not not I mean aside from like the spectacle point of view, like as a like a genuine unironic sports fan, basketball fan angle from it is like okay, so the Celtics they form yet another super team, like the 18 super team. They're going to somehow underperform against a team with like Giannis and like some random guys they found at like a Kmart in Milwaukee. <laughs> And then, and then we're going to be like, okay, what was the point of that? Yeah, look at no. the Warriors. 
I mean, look at the Warriors. That's that's the team you should try to emulate, not the. And that's another thing. Yeah, and that's another thing I do want to get into another day. Or the Lakers. It's like my whole my whole view on like the super team and how it's not working. But that's for another day. But yeah, no, I I I am I am I'm I'm yeah I ninety percent out on the Durant thing. I like I I understand the Celtics keeping the door open because how can you not explore it? But yeah, I. I'm out, and yeah, I can, like, I don't know, like, unless the, like, the Raptors, like, cave and suddenly offer them the world, which, which, why would you if you're the Raptors? Because clearly they're not getting the offers that they want. Like, yeah, I'm good. I, I'm good on Durant. I'm, I'm Kevin, good. like, Kevin Durant's, like, really good if you need, like, a, like, someone to go, like, oh, wow, let's watch our team. Like, he, Kevin Durant should be going to, like, the Knicks because the Knicks have nothing. Like, great. I, I, I. Like I didn't think of, like I don't think I thought about the Knicks once last season. Hey baby, well now you get we can't wait to be thinking about them when you get. Or, or that, that's a lie because because they resigned Derrick Rose, but that was like the only time I talked about the Knicks. And <laughs> oh, and, and the Knicks. look look at the reasons why you know you talked about the Knicks because they had like some dude like Derrick Rose. So like if they have a Kevin Durant, they'll be relevant again. But it's yeah, no, it's just it's I yeah, like it's. Yeah, it's it's not gonna be pretty. This is this this is and this the thing is this is not gonna end soon. Like buckle in, Jordan. Like the Kevin Durant thing yeah. is not ending anytime soon because he's not getting traded anytime soon, either because the teams literally can't offer him anything, can't offer the things that they'd want to offer, or because the Nets want too much, or because like they're waiting for the Suns to be able to be in this. I almost care. If I was a betting man, I'd bet he's on the Nets at the beginning of the season. Like if I'm like handicapping it, I'm taking like minus 400 like yeah yeah Durant will be on the Suns at the beginning I mean Durant will be on the Nets at the beginning of the season Kevin Durant James Harden and Russell Westbrook kind of just ruined the NBA hey no you know no don't blame Harden you know what he went to this he went to the 76ers he took a nice little pay cut for him Harden's try. Harden's Harden's trying. Harden's like after after forcing himself off of two teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the forcing himself off the the the. And then Russell Westbrook, who's who's had a four trades in four years. That's not even his fault. Teams just don't want him. That's completely different. Because he's garbage now. But but yeah, no. The 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 Rockets exit was egregious on Harden's part. That I was like, this is ridiculous. What are you doing, Harden? You you fool. Why are you doing this to basketball? The Nets exit. I'm like, oh, he doesn't like being around Kyrie. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't blame him. I'd want to be out of there too. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't want anything to do with this Nets team either. My God, that seems atrocious. Are you okay, buddy? You need me to come like pick you up? Like I get it. I'll help you. You need some help moving, James. I'll come get you. But yeah, no. So this story is not going to end anytime soon. And again, I find it very funny myself, personally. Oh no, it's 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 hilarious. But like from 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 the health of the game standpoint, it's not. not but like not the best. Yeah. But. Speaking of health, so so yesterday, I wish mm-hmm. I had uh, Chris Sale fell off a bike allegedly, and uh, you have your doubts about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But uh, that either thing notwithstanding, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I can't remember exactly where he was, but uh, but yeah, if you didn't know, a uh, Chris Sale fell off a bike yesterday. Allegedly broke his left wrist, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, which is his throwing hand, which is great. No, excuse me, his right wrist. Oh, that's better. But he broke his right wrist, and he will be out for the rest of the season. Chris Sale, the unluckiest man in baseball. At this point, for the Boston Red Sox, who I, who I got to tell you, Jordan, I was here last week. I was telling you, I'm like, I still have a little bit of belief. Maybe they can turn it around. 
maybe like they got some talent. Maybe it's like last year. Maybe they just kind of get hot. It's baseball. You make the wild card, you can make anything happen. Ah, now that they dropped three or four to the Royals. Didn't look very good. <laughs> the DFA Jackie Bradley. You know, God bless him on that one. But Jared, yeah, you said Dur- Duran's still out there, lost in the outfield. Chris Sale's never coming back. Ah, yeah, nah, nah, nah. Like, I'm not going to get into deep analysis. Nah, I'm with you. I'm out on the, I'm out on the Red Sox this year now. Out, le- years lost. Years done. My God, what happened to them? We Red, can start Red talking. Sox, they, they, are, they are lost at sea. We can start talking about they got to be looking at a manager, like, in, like, September. Let's, let's table that for now. But, like, you know, that'll be on the dock. That's, that's a sneak preview. That we can start talking about. I'm they not, did. They, they they had they they played a they played a little good last night. They did. They did. Not bad, you know. But yeah, no. So anyway, yeah, no. I kind of don't think Chris. I mean, unless somebody has like photos of it, I I kind of don't think that Chris Sale fell off a bike. At least I'm not willing to fully emphatically believe that Chris Sale fell off a bike because a it's, cl- it's classic Red Sox to lie about how a pitcher got hurt or how hurt they are. Mm-hmm. Or when they're coming back. That's 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 just the Red Sox classic strategy. Uh B, Chris Sale is uh kinda kinda kind of an insane person. And you know, it's just it fe- it I would be more will Hey, why is he on a bike? Why why are they letting him ride a bike around? He was in like Copley Square or something. I don't know exactly where he was. He was like around BC. He was like right riding his bike to to go to go get go get some lunch. Just, just you know, just having a fun little time, having a nice little bike ride. Why, why are you letting your thirty-something million dollar a year pitcher ride his bike? Quite honestly, why is he doing anything? Why don't you have a chauffeur to drive him? Yeah, that's that's the part where I got really confused because I'm like, why is Chris Sale riding his bike? <laughs> In the middle of the afternoon in in Boston. By the way, what was it like? Like ninety five degrees out that day, Jordan. You're in. Bo- Who wanted to be on a bike? Like, what was the te- was it like? The temperature was. Yeah, here? it was like it was like not. Yeah, it was it was like ninety eight. Why would you ride your? But was anybody riding a bike yet that day? Very few. Like, why is Chris Sale riding his bike? It was on Saturday. Ah, maybe Saturday wasn't as bad, but. Oh my God! It came out on Saturday. Be at the news broke yesterday. Yeah, no, they made this is made up. I don't believe a bit of this. Like Chris Sale, who again is notoriously a crazy person, you know, just you know, yeah, riding riding his bike to get lunch in the in in, in the middle of downtown Boston. <laughs> yeah, just, just has a little has a has a little uh ha, has a little bell, just ringing it. Maybe maybe got like. Got his had his door dash, had the door dash in a little picnic <laughs> basket up front. Had, had his gloves and a ball right next to it. Just waving yeah. at people, just just pedaling along. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Oh, what a good idea. What a good thing to have Chris Sale doing. My wait, God. wait, 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 Jake, Jake, Jake. Okay. Yeah. Chris Sale riding the bike after he broke his hand last month. Yeah, also with a broken finger, which maybe you could even make that work. <laughs> maybe you could do that. Seems like a bad idea, but maybe you could do it. Anyway, I don't think that's what happened. I think he just, like, punched a wall or something. That's that's why he fell off. He wasn't gripping the handlebars because he couldn't. Oh, that's true. So you see even more reason not to have him ride a bike. At least if, like, somebody ride the bike for you and just, like, pull you along and run those, like, little kid, like... Like uh, like wagon things, like the whole cover over it. Like get him a real nice one, like a Red mm-hmm. Sox branded. What if somebody can like can like rickshaw him around at the very least? 
Like, if that's what he wants, like, make, like, Duran, like, rickshaw him or something. That's about all Duran's good for. <laughs> yeah, might, I mean, he might start looking up and just get lost and just hit somebody, so maybe not, but... Yeah, no, like, he's... I, I just don't believe it. I don't know. I just don't believe the bike thing. I just... I don't believe... We'll never know. We'll never find out. But I just don't believe it. Like, I don't know. Like, dude, dude's crazy. Like, dude, dude's been... Like, I've known dude was crazy since, like, remember that time when he was in Chicago where he just cut up all the uniforms because, like, he didn't like them? Yeah. That's insane! That, like, ever since... It's like, people are like, oh, that's one thing. But, like, that's an insane reaction to have as a grown adult. Like, yeah, he insane. also he also destroyed the locker room of, of a triple A team where everybody makes like sixty thousand dollars a exactly. year. Exactly, like dudes, it's crazy, which is fine. It works for him. It works. He wouldn't be as good as he is now if he wasn't crazy. Fully believe that there are people like that. If he wasn't tapped, it would it would be as good. He just wouldn't. That's how that's how he works. But yeah, no, like like that TV came from Worcester to like finish the job or something. Like it's just. Like what if he like what if when he was punching that TV, which he just did because he was losing his mind, he missed and hit like the hit hit the cement wall right behind it. This is what would happen. Break his wrist. That's all I'm saying. That probably happened again. Something like that. And then the team's like, well, we don't want to say that. Cause because why would you? You wouldn't want that out there. If you're the Red Sox. And the best thing they could come up with was I uh, fell off a bike. You just pedal it around, you know? Just uh, so- that's so insane that Chris Sale would just be out on the bike picking up his lunch. <laughs> Absolutely not. Exactly. What Chris Sale like, like, like do they do they not have like chefs at the Red Sox facility that can make him lunch? <laughs> like, oh my god. Does does he not have a personal chef himself? What is he? He's like pulling up to the bike rack. He's like, the code on my lock is 041. <laughs> like walks no way. Dude, yes, he has like the he has like the key to his bike lock on a necklace so he won't lose it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's he got off his bike. He hold, he holds it in his glove. He keeps it inside he of his. Got glove. off his bike, nothing in his shirt. <laughs> like it's just crazy. There's no way. What they, they think we're idiots, Jordan. They think we're gonna be like, oh yeah, I was on a bike. Yeah, that makes sense. Like what next weekend? Like oh, he twisted his ankle. He was uh, he was skateboarding. Hey man, it's yeah. the same My, Michael and Michael Jordan had the flu that game. Oh, it's insane. They think we're idiots. So anyway, Jordan, uh, I think I think we've taken everybody to task today. I don't think we're idiots, unlike the Boston Red Sox. So I, I you know, do you have any any closing words for the people at home? Um, it, it prepare prepare to have a rough year if you're a Patriots fan. <laughs> it's not looking too hot. You know, I'm maybe maybe good. things will change, but it's not it's not looking good. Yeah, then it'll just be all the problems that we thought before the preseason started. It'll be fine. That'll just be all the things we thought we'd be wrong with the team before training camp. But yep, that that is it. This 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 has been the stadium experience with Jake Elmsley. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Uh, check me out on Twitter at Jake R Elmsley. Check out Jordan on Twitter at True underscore World underscore King. Mm-hmm. And you know maybe we'll do a video real soon. Maybe we'll have a YouTube. Maybe we'll post some TikToks. We'll, uh, we'll really, really be really be reaching hearts and minds in every corner of the internet. But until then, have a lovely day, and we will see you next time.